Good evening. Welcome back to our study of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's Igris Kodesh. This is class number three in our Gimel Tamas Hachana. We started on Gimel Sivan, the third day of the Hebrew month of Sivan, which is 30 days, a month before Gimel Tamas, the third day of the Hebrew month of Tamas, which is the Lubavitcher Rebbe's Yartzite. So this is our third class. And we've been learning letters of the Rebbe from different volumes of Igris Kodesh that have to do with the subject of his kashras. His kashras is a Hebrew word, which uh, means connection. But specifically, when we when we use the word his kashras, we mean the relationship between a Rebbe and a chassid, and a chassid and a, and a Rebbe. And uh, that's what we're talking about. So, tonight's letter is from Igris Kodesh Chela Gimel, volume 3. And it's a letter from Tafshin Yud, from the year of the Friedrich Rebbe's passing. Previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the sixth Rebbe, Rabbi Yisav Yitzchok, passed away. Yud Shvat, Tafshin Yud, that's the, the winter of uh, 1950. And for a year following his passing, the Rebbe, our Rebbe, the seventh Rebbe, did not officially accept the leadership. However, in many capacities, he was acting as a Rebbe already at that point. And this letter, which is written during that window of that first year, is, uh, I guess, a case in point. So let's take a look at the letter. Baruch Hashem, Gimel Elul, Tav Shin Yud. Okay, so we're talking about the last month, Elul, the last month of the year, Tavshin Yud. Friedrich Rebbe's his passing was Yud Shvat. So we're talking about, um, should I count it out? Sure, why not? Uh, talking about six, seven months later. Um, and the Rebbe is writing to a very important person, a very revered and illustrious rabbinic figure, as you're going to see from the uh, honorific titles, very unusual honorific titles that the Rebbe bestows upon the recipient of this letter. Yisu Harim Shalom of Racha. Loharav Hagon Havosik Vachosit Ish Yerea Lakim. Yeshev Almidin, Ishchai Rav Polim, Menala Dose B'Meshorim, Meir Umaz here, this is still titles. Ofei V'Vein Beshapir, Benon Shel Kedeshim V'Chulu, Mereinu Harav Reb Meir Shlita. Abu Chatzera. Midabrona Takahola Kadisha Midelt Yazir Aleha Elakim. In short, without translating all of these superlative titles, this is addressed to Rabbi Meir Abu Chatzero, also known as the Baba Meir, who was the eldest son of the Baba Sali, Rav Yisrael Abu Chatzero the great Sephardic sage 
tzaddik leader. Um, at the time the Rebbe is writing to Baba Meir, he's only 33 years old, which makes it even more exceptional that the Rebbe is bestowing all of these titles upon him. And I want to talk a little bit about the background of Harav Meir Abuchatsera, as well as the Abuchatsera family, as well as the connection to Chabad in Morocco. The Babasali, as most of us know, is one of the most revered, beloved, adored sages of, of the modern era. His eldest son was Reb Meir. Now, the Babasali was childless for 14 years. He had no offspring. And he actually had a dream that a tzaddik came to him and told him that he's going to have a son. And he didn't know who, this, who the tzaddik and his son was. He actually asked his rav, and he told him that it's a tzaddik named Meir. Which Meir? I'm not sure that was ever determined. But he named his first son, his first child, Meir, after this tzaddik in the dream who told him he's going to have a child after 14 years. So the Baba Meir was born in 1917. And as we mentioned, this letter was written in 1950. And also, as we mentioned, maybe you can do the math, the, the Baba Meir was 33 years old at the time this letter was written. Now, very tragically, the Baba Meir predeceased his father, the Baba Sali. Uh, the Baba Sali lived, he had a riches yomim, he lived until he was 95 years old. And Baba Meir passed away at a relatively young age, at 66. So he passed away before his own father. He passed away in Cholamite Pesach in uh, 1983. The Baba Sali left Morocco in 1951, and he went to Eretz Yisrael and left his eldest son, the Baba Meir, in charge, basically as his successor there in, in Morocco. So when the Rebbe is writing to the Baba Meir about his activities in Morocco, it is as the successor, the inheritor, so to speak, of his father's post in, in Morocco. Now later on, the Baba Meir also made Aliyah. He also moved to Eretz Yisro, um in uh, 1965. He left Morocco. But during the years of the Rebbe's leadership until he left Morocco, and even after he left Morocco, he was very, very involved with Chabad activities and with the Shluchim there and with all of the activities that were going on to strengthen the Moroccan Jewish community, which really was a, was a partnership between Chabad and, and the Abu Chatzera family, as well as, well as others. Um, I think it's notable to mention that the first shliach that the Rebbe sent, there were shluchim that the Friedrich Rebbe sent, but the first shliach that the Rebbe sent was to Morocco. 
right before Yudshvat, right before the Estalkas of the Fidik Rebbe, the Fidik Rebbe mentioned to the Rebbe that they needed to send a shliach to Morocco. And then there was the Histalkus, the passing of uh, Yud Shvat. And 10 days after Yud Shvat, the Rebbe carried out the orders of his father-in-law and sent Rebbe Machol Lipsker to Morocco as the first shliach there, who was then followed by many other shluchim. The Baba Meir worked very closely with Reb Shleim Matasov, who was one of the Lubavitcher emissaries in, in Morocco. And uh, I'll tell you more about the relationship to explain more about the connection. Um, there's a... So the Baba Meir's son-in-law is a... I, I guess, you know, it's... It's hard to distinguish between who's called a Lubavitcher and, 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 and who's not in the, uh, in the Baba Meir's family. But the Baba Meir's son-in-law, uh, Rav Machluf Crispin, I, I, I think you would call a Lubavitcher. He learned in Bunois, in Timchitmimim, in the, in the Lubavitcher yeshiva in, uh, in France, outside of Paris. And actually, there's an interesting story that... Rebbe Gordetsky, who we're going to hear about in this letter, once received an order from the Rebbe's secretariat in New York that he was to go find this bacher, Machluf uh, Crispin, and to bring him to a professional photographer, or maybe a professional photographer had been sent to Benoit, and to send the picture to New York. And uh, Rebbe Yomin didn't even know who this bacher was, but later on, uh, he actually married the Baba Meir's daughter and he became the Baba Meir's son-in-law. And then the Rebbe sent him back to Morocco. And this is what the, the picture was connected to this. The, the, the Rebbe sent him to Morocco to help Shlomo Matasov and uh, to help rebuild the community, his own, his own community in, in, in Morocco. Now, I'll tell you uh, <laughs> an extraordinary story that uh, that took place when the Babasali was living in Yavne. The Babasali, for a time, was living in Yavne, and this uh, Rav Crispin was uh, now obviously you followed the genealogy. He is the Baba Meir's son-in-law, so. That means he's the son-in-law of the son of the Babasali. So there was a, a Rishkoilel in Yavne who wanted to meet the Babasali, an Ashkenazi Jew. He was a Rav uh, he was a Rishkoilel, he was a, he was a Rav, a Talmud Chochem, and he wanted to meet the Babasali. So he asked... Rav Crispin to arrange it because he said you're a you're a relative, and uh, maybe you can uh, maybe you can pull it off. So he arranged the meeting, and so Rav Crispin says, the Baba Sali said maybe we could bring refreshments for 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 the Rav. 
So if Crispin went outside or he left the meeting room to go get some refreshments, and he said, what happened would not have happened if I would have been there because I would have interfered. But I stepped outside to get something to drink, to get a snack, whatever it is to bring back, like the Baba Sali had said. And as I'm outside of the room, I'm overhearing partially the conversation, and I hear this Rish Koilal say to the Baba Sali, for whatever reason, I'm not even sure how it came up, but he told him that he's a descendant of the Vilna Gon, which is wonderful. But for some reason, this Rish Koilal wanted to add, and of course we know that when it comes to learning, the Balshemtav is no comparison to the, to the Vilna Gon. And I guess that wasn't the kind of thing that you said in the presence of the Babasali. Now, if Crispin immediately knew something was not going to go smoothly at that point, he, he runs back in, but it was too late. He said, <laughs> he comes in and he sees that the Babasali looks like fire. He said, Esh Nora. He looks like a, an awesome fire. And he, he, he says to the Shresh Koilo, he says, You, Atabala, Gidli, you're coming here to tell me, Mihu, Goon Vilna, Mihu, Abal Shem Tov, you're coming here to tell me who they are? He says, You don't know the Bal Shem Tov, I know the Bal Shem Tov. Get out of this place. I don't want to see you. And that was it. There was nothing, there was nothing that could be done to calm the Babasali. So uh, he threw the guy out of his office, but that wasn't enough. Babasali then says to uh, his, I guess you call it, uh, grandson-in-law, he says, listen to me good. I don't want a man like that in front of my face. I don't want to see such a person. In fact, I don't want to live in a town with such a person. And I'm going to tell you that if his koilal is still standing in Yavne tomorrow, then I'm not the Babasali. <laughs> so Rav Crispin knew this was serious stuff. Now, he didn't live in Yavne. Rav Crispin lived in Lud at the time. So that evening he went back home to Lud. He says in the morning he came back to Yavne and as he comes back into town, he sees that the uh, government officials, the municipal officials, are closing down this guy's kolo. And they told him, the government has uh, withdrawn the funds. We have no more money to support this institution. That's it. You're done closing it down. And that was it. The kolo was... So Rav Crispin was... He was shocked. He was, <laughs> he, he was mortified. He, he ran into the Babasala. He said, well, what's happening here? This was a good thing. I mean, I know, I know that the guy, uh, the Rishkoilal, offended you or offended the Balshemta, but he, 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 it was a Koilal. There, there was a Koilal. He, he, brought, he brought learning to, to the town. The Babasala said, there will be a better Koilal. There will be a better Koilal. Don't worry. And uh, that was it. And as if that wasn't enough, even after this story, the Baba Sali did not want to remain in Yavna because such a thing had happened there, and he moved to uh, to uh, Ashdod, to Ashkelon. 
moved to Ashkelon after that. So uh, at any rate, Rav Crispin told this story to the Rebbe in Yechidus. And uh, he said that the Rebbe was hanging on every word and asking him to explain with greater detail. Describe, what did the Baba Sali say? How did the Baba Sali look? You know, the whole, the whole play-by-play. At any rate, okay. So that's, that's who we're talking about here. Um, so after greetings, here let's get into the the message. Benayam Shamaiti Meis Bakehenu Harava Chosid Varavagon Ishrav Paulim Batero Mitzvah Kroch de Hulebe Isik Batorhi Tiber Bamuna Raba Ashi Yodav Ravloi Bihizukatov Yadis Fuhulu Mareno Arav Reb Binyomish Yichia Gorodetsky. I mentioned Rebbe Yomin earlier. The Rebbe refers to him as Bo Kechenu, which means our representative. Presumably when the Rebbe says our representative, he means his and the Friedrich Rebbe's, or he means the institution, he means Lubavitch. But uh, Rebbe Yomin was the representative of Lubavitch in Europe and North Africa through an organization known as the Lishka in Paris. And much of what he did involved securing funding from the Joint, which uh, is an American organization which provided uh, monetary support for Jewish activities. And that's who Rebbe Nyoman is that the Rebbe is referring to here. So the Rebbe says, I heard from Rebbe Nyoman Gorodetsky I heard about you and your activities to spread Torah and strengthen Yiddishkeit in your community and its surroundings and everywhere where you have influence. So basically saying that I know about your reputation uh, you're a great leader, and uh, Binyamin, who's the Lubavitcher representative in Morocco, is uh, is well aware of your activities, obviously well aware of uh, the Baba Mayor's activities, and the Rebbe is saying that Binyamin has conveyed to me what it is that you're accomplishing, and uh, so the Rebbe is sort of... Uh, verifying or validating that that work okay ukavakoshes kveid terose and in accordance with your request asher mosseli hanal that the aforementioned conveyed to me in other words Rebbe Yom told the Rebbe about what the Baba Meir is involved in in, in Morocco and also conveyed to the Rebbe that the Baba Mayor would be interested in receiving a bracha by being mentioned by the Rebbe at the Tzion, at the resting place, the Oihel, of the Fidika Rebbe. So the Rebbe says, in accordance with what the aforementioned, meaning Rebbe Nyomen, 
conveyed to me, I mentioned you, your name, and the names of your family when I was at the resting place of my father-in-law. And the Rebbe adds here the, the Rosh Tevis, the acronym Hakam Hei Chof Mem, which is an acronym for Horeni Kaporis Mishkove. And that is a special additional title that one gives to one's father or one's primary teacher for the first year after their passing. This is uh, described in the Gemara in Kiddush and Daf Lamed Aleph Omen Beis. Rashi explains over there the meaning of the words Hareni Kaporis Mishkave means that if any negativity is to come to the deceased, I take it upon myself. And this is the, the term that is supposed to be used. This is how one refers to somebody who passed away, or not just someone who passed away, but a, a, a father or a primary Torah teacher during the first year of passing. And as we mentioned, this is El Tov Shin Yud, and the Friedrich Rebbe's passing was only, as we counted it earlier, six, seven months before this. Okay. Remember, it's also Elul, so it's coming up to the high holidays, and it is Jewish custom and halacha to wish people a good inscription and sealing, not sealing, like sealing, to be sealed. So I mentioned you for a ksiva v'chsima toiva, also at the oil. Everything you need for every individual in your family, whatever it is. So it is a sure thing that the tzaddik, meaning the Friedrich Rebbe, will bless them, meaning you and your whole family. In accordance with what it says in the Holy Zohar, the Rebbe gives this citation, Chelek Gimel, Ayin Aleph Base, that means page 71b. Bosa Dispater, after he passes, this is Aramaic, after he passes, after the tzaddik passes away, Ishtachach Bahai Alma Yatim Bechayehi, he has found in this world more than during his lifetime. So the Rebbe says, I mentioned you at the aisle of my father-in-law, and certainly you're going to be blessed by the tzaddik because he just passed away, Yud Shvat, and the Zayar tells us that a tzaddik's power is even greater after he passes away because he's more omnipresent. As the Zayar explains, and as the Rebbe is going to refer in a moment here to the Igeres HaKadosh of the Alter Rebbe, which explains that Zayar, that that means previously the tzaddik had been confined to some extent, by his embodiment, by his physical body. But having shed that limitation, the tzaddik is actually even more present. So by passing away, he hasn't left us, but he actually has become more present in our lives. So the Rebbe there cites the Holy Zohar, which no doubt the Baba Meir was familiar with, the 
Baba Meir, the Baba Sali, there were Mekubalim, true Mekubalim, Kabbalists, and uh, I'm sure this would have been a familiar idea to him. V'ashem yisborech yamali birches tzadik al-meluyon begashmirs v'aruchnias. Hashem should fulfill all of the blessings that the tzadik fulfills in the fullest way, materially and spiritually. Remember, it's Hashem who fulfills the brachas. In other words, I mentioned you by the Friedrich Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe is going to bench you, but ultimately, where do, the, where do the blessings come from? They come from Hashem. So, it's important to remember the dynamics of how the blessings actually work. Obviously, the blessings are from Hashem, but the, the tzaddik is the one who brings down the blessings for us. Okay. Now, what happens next in the letter is, I could call it in a very crass way, a cut and paste. And maybe I regret even using those terms. But there were times when the Rebbe would have a certain section of a letter or paragraphs of a letter which would be sent to more than one individual. And God forbid to say cut and paste in the sense of being perfunctory or not thought out, God forbid. Obviously, a letter from the Rebbe is exact and precise and is intended exactly for the recipient. But just like there was a concept of a michtav klali, the Rebbe would write, michtav klali means a general letter or a public letter, the Rebbe would write letters that were addressed to all klalis from. So too, there's a concept, sometimes there was a michtav klali prati, which was a letter that was written to many individuals, but it was the same letter. And then there was sometimes where you would have a letter, like this letter, where the Rebbe's writing to an individual and mentioning things that are specific to this person. And Rebbe Yaman said, uh, said uh, told me about your work and said that you wanted a bracha at the oil and all of these things which are personal. But then part of the letter would also be something that would have, would have been found in other letters of the Rebbe. Now, this section of the, the next few paragraphs here are an excerpt from a letter that the Rebbe sent out a few months earlier, meaning just a few weeks after the Histalkus, after Yud Shvat. But obviously if the Rebbe is using those paragraphs in the letter to the Baba Meir, that these paragraphs are applicable to him as an individual. And, uh, and you'll see from context, I mean, let alone whatever deeper spiritual significance there is that only a Rebbe understands. But I'm saying just from a, a very cursorial understanding, such as my own, very superficial level of understanding, it, it's obvious why these paragraphs are applicable to the Baba Meir. He's somebody who is involved in Chabad work, who has a great deal of respect for the Friedrich Rebbe, who seeks the blessings of the Friedrich Rebbe after the Friedrich Rebbe's passing, but 
he did not have a personal relationship with the Friedrich Rebbe and did not see the Friedrich Rebbe. So having that in mind, and also having in mind that the Rebbe used these words when speaking to many people after the passing of the Friedrich Rebbe, I think it's helpful, or I would like to suggest that it might be helpful today as we're preparing for Gimel Tammuz, and we are thinking about our relationship with the Rebbe, and we're coming up to a yard site. Um, it, it, it's almost impossible not to take these words here and apply them to our situation. And I would even be so bold to say that part of the reason that Rebbe, well, I, I won't say why the Rebbe wrote these words, but certainly why the Rebbe pushed for the publication of these words. And we spoke about in the previous series when we prepared for uh, Yod Aleph Nissen, how the Rebbe was the one who pushed that these letters shouldn't just remain in private archives in the Rebbe's secretariat, that they should be published. They should be put out there that, and that, that people should study them. Uh, so the fact that the Rebbe wanted this message, albeit a message written to Rav Meir but the Rebbe wanted this message to be publicized, published in a book and accessible to all of us, is because this is a message that is useful for all of us. Okay, so let's look at the words. Remember I said before that that line from the Zayar that the Rebbe quoted that a tzaddik is more present in this world after his physical passing. Remember I mentioned that the, that the Alter Rebbe explains that Zayar in Egeres HaKedish, not Igres HaKedish that we've been learning. Igres HaKedish are the Rebbe's letters. Igeres HaKedish. Igeres HaKedish is the fourth volume of the Tanya, and it is comprised of letters that the, the Alter Rebbe wrote. So one of those letters, and the Rebbe writes here, Simen Chov Zayin, that means the 27th letter, is a letter that speaks about the passing of a tzaddik. It's actually, it was written in reaction to the passing of the Alter Rebbe's, um, in a way you could call it the Alter Rebbe's Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe's Rebbe was the, the Mezritsha Magid, but uh, after the Magid's passing, the Alter Rebbe also treated his colleague, Reb Mendel Vitebsker, or Reb Mendel Horodokar, as a Rebbe as well. And then later, Reb Mendel made Aliyah. He went to uh, Eretz Yisrael. He lived in Tzvas and then in Tveria. So after his passing, the Alter Rebbe wrote a letter. The Balatanya wrote a letter, and he, and he explains that the Tzaddik is more present than before, based on this Zoyar. And uh, the Rebbe mentions here also this phrase, to though the nidkoyim nanochim nanokim, I'm not going to get into this, but <laughs> the Rebbe mentions, and surely the Baba Meir, being a scholar 
uh, especially a scholar of mysticism, would appreciate this reference. The Rebbe mentions that the Tzemach Tzadik, the Malatanya's grandson, explains the precise, the precision of, of this language. At any rate, this is a quote from Yigeres HaKodesh, that the tzaddik leaves over life to every living being, that is, to the soul of every living being, who is bound to the tzaddik's soul in each and every individual corresponding to the degree of his genuine bond with the tzaddik and his true and pure love of him. So the Rebbe is explaining now that this idea, which comes from, from Tanya, from Yigeres HaKadosh, that even after the tzaddik's passing, the relationship that one has to the tzaddik certainly does not end, Yes, there are levels, but those levels are dependent really on things that are within our control. Whether or not the tzaddik passes away is clearly beyond our control. But our regard for the tzaddik, our feelings for the tzaddik, that's totally under our control. And based on that will be the level of connection even after the tzaddik's passing. Uber b'sefer inyan hishtachos. Now, the Rebbe quotes from another work, also known as Kuntres Hishtatchus, which is attributed to the Mitle Rebbe. The Af Oisim Shaloyodu Veloy Hikirubai Be'ede Bechaim Chayusei, that even those who did not see him during his physical lifetime, but rather, they learned his teachings, and from his teachings they drew strength in their service of Hashem. So the Rebbe is speaking to the Baba Meir, who did not personally meet or know the Fidika Rebbe, although clearly has a an incredible regard for the Friedrich Rebbe, not just as a figure from the past, but as somebody from the present, because he's asking for the Friedrich Rebbe's brachas. He asked that the Rebbe should go to the oil and get a blessing for him from his father-in-law, even after uh, the, the Friedrich Rebbe's passing. So the Rebbe here brings from Sefer or Kuntres Hishtatchus and says that even those who didn't physically meet the tzaddik, but they learned the teachings of the tzaddik, and they drew strength in their service of Hashem from the teachings of the tzaddik. This is continuing the quote from Sefer Yishtatchus. They are certainly also called his students. The tzaddik's students are not just those who knew him in, a, in the most material sense, but those who know him through his teachings. Because they believe in this tzaddik. And they receive from him the light of his teachings. The branches are drawn back to their roots. In other words, this is a very beautiful, almost poetic way of describing it, that 
somebody who learns the Torah of a tzaddik and forms a connection to the tzaddik through that is like a like a branch on a tree that's getting its sustenance from the roots of the tree, which are pulling in the nourishment from the ground for the tree. So the branch is way out there. It doesn't even look like it's, you know, if you look at a, if you, if you look at a snapshot, someone could just take a close-up picture of a branch. You think it's just a branch. But if you look at the whole picture, oh, the branch is connected to the limb and the limb is connected to the trunk and the trunk's connected to the roots. And so this person, you see them inspired in their Aveda Sashat. And you look at a snapshot of them and you say, well, this person was born after 1994. Clearly, they never met the Rebbe. They were born after, the, after Gimel Tammuz. So, you know, what's their connection to the Rebbe? That's the snapshot. But if you trace it and you realize, hold on a second, this person who's serving Hashem right now, where do they draw their strength, their inspiration, their guidance, their clarity, their, their understanding of, of the meaning of life? Where did that come from? And you trace it, and maybe it's through a teacher or a mashpia or a parent or a friend, but if you trace it, you'll realize they're being inspired by the tzaddik. So this person is considered a student of the tzaddik every bit as much as somebody who stood there at the Fabrengen and was privileged to hear and see the Rebbe deliver his, his teachings. So there could be a, there could be a teenager who's opening up a Lakute Sichas and finding guidance and comfort and meaning, and he's every bit a chassid of the Rebbe. He's not just studying the Rebbe's writings. He's every bit a chassid of the Rebbe as somebody who was privileged to have uh, the, the physical experience of hearing those teachings transmitted. Okay, now the Rebbe continues. So, so far, the Rebbe quotes from Igera Sakaidish, from the Alter Rebbe, then from the Sefer or Kuntres Hishtatchus, which is from the Mitler Rebbe. And now the Rebbe is going to quote from his father in law, a letter from his father in law. Now, we mention Igros Kaidish a lot. We're learning right now from Igros Kaidish. There are different Igros Kaidish. Sets. There's the Igros Kedish of our Rebbe, but there's also Igros Kedish of the Fidik Rebbe. There's also Igros Kedish of the Rebbe Rishab. So this is Igros Kedish of the Fidik Rebbe, Chelik Dalit. This paragraph that the Rebbe is about to write to the Baba Meir is a quote from a letter which was printed in the Igros Kedish Chelik Dalit of the Fidik Rebbe. So my father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, writes in a letter, as I mentioned to you where that letter is from, Asher, quote, The intense yearning that one has to be connected to a Rebbe, may be satiated rock only when kasher when when you learn the 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 Rebbe's teachings the Maimodim, the Hasidic teachings that he 
said or that he wrote, Ki berias ponim levad leisagi. Because seeing his face is not enough on its own. This is something the Friedrich Rebbe wrote, that it's not enough to have seen the Rebbe. One needs to learn the Rebbe's teachings, and that the intense yearning that one has to be connected to the Rebbe can only be satiated through that learning. So the Rebbe takes from that letter of the Friedrich Rebbe, he's writing it now, after the passing of the Friedrich Rebbe, He's writing to someone who didn't see the Friedrich Rebbe and is saying to him, the main connection to my father-in-law is not from having seen him, but from learning his Torah. And as I mentioned, this section of, of this letter, the Rebbe wrote to many people after the Friedrich Rebbe's passing. And its significance and its relevance to us today regarding our connection to the Rebbe after Gimel Tamas is readily apparent. Okay, continuing. Now in another letter, the Rebbe is now quoting a second letter from his father-in-law, and this is from the Igris Kedish of the Fidik Rebbe, Chelek He, volume 5. This is a letter that was actually written Close to right now's date, it was written Chof Dalit Sivin Tafshin. Tafshin is 1940. That's after the Friedrich Rebbe came to America, right after he came to America, a few months after he came to America. So this was Chof Dalit Sivin. Right now, just became its Eil Yudches, if you're watching live. So less than a week from now. Um, okay. Here's a quote from that letter of the Friedrich Rebbe that the Rebbe is bringing. You're asking me what your relationship is to me since you've never met me personally. You never saw my face. Or to be actually literal in the translation, I haven't seen your face. Again, again, the Rebbe is writing to someone after Yudshvat, after the Estalkas of the Fidik Rebbe, who didn't meet the Fidik Rebbe, and speaking to him about being a Chosid even now. And the Rebbe is using words of his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, to explain how one can be a complete Chosid and have a complete connection even if he hadn't met the Friedrich Rebbe. So he quotes here from this letter, the Friedrich Rebbe wrote to somebody who asked the Friedrich Rebbe, how can I be connected to you if we never met in person? I don't know where this person was writing from, but probably from Europe. And uh, this was when the Friedrich Rebbe was already in America. At any rate, so how can you be connected to me if you never met me in person? True connection is through learning Torah. When you learn my my modem, my Hasidic discourses, when you read my Sikhs, my published talks, the transcripts of my talks. 
ותלמידי התמימים יחיו. בלימודם וספדוסם, and you hang out, you rub elbows with my guys, with my uh, students, the תמימים. תמימים is the collective name for the students of תמכי תמימים, of the yeshiva founded by the Rebbe Rashab. So when you'll hang out with them and learn with them and fabreng, the Rebbe mentions v'yisvadusam, and you fabreng with them <sighs> without taking too many liberties. I think I might just add <sighs> there's a way of learning where it remains completely academic and abstract. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's a way of learning where the ideas leap off of the page and become real to you. A lot of that depends on having the right spiritual social life. surrounding yourself with people who are also learning these subjects and taking them seriously and attempting to live these ideas. So it's not just enough to study the Maimodim like a professor who studies Maimodim. <laughs> you have to hang out with the guys and fabreng with the guys who are living these ideas. Um, I heard a great story from, I heard it from Joseph Telushkin, and he heard it from Herbert Wiener, who was the author of Nine and a Half Mystics, and it happened to Herbert Wiener. He was a student at Hebrew University, and he was in Gershon Shalom's Kabbalistic Studies course. And if you don't know Gershon Shalom, he was the expert in the academic study of Kabbalah. In a, in, a, in, a, in a very academic way, in a way that had no regard for the sanctity of Panimia Satayda. It was just, you know, like there's biblical criticism. This is like Kabbalistic criticism. It's uh, very, very, very secular Uh, to say the least, to say the least. And uh, <laughs> I'm watching myself for, for various reasons. I'm not going to belabor this point. But let's just say Gershon Shalom is teaching Kabbalah as a completely secular academic pursuit at the Hebrew University. And Herbert Wiener is sitting in the class and in rolls in a chassid named Avram Yehudachin, who was the son of a chassid known as the Redatz, Reb David Tzvi or Reb Herschel, Chernogover, Chain. And Avram Yehuda Chain had something to do with the Department of Education, so maybe that's why he was on campus. But at any rate, like a good Lubavitcher, he rolls into the uh, Kabbalistic Studies professor's classroom And he starts uh, heckling. You know, he was a gadfly. So 
uh, Rabbi Avram Yehuda says to uh, to uh, Professor uh, Gershon Shalom, he says, Herr Professor, you know, like they say in German, let me ask you a question. What's the difference between a Chosid and a Kabbalistic studies professor? <laughs> so, Avram Yehuda Chain proceeds to explain. He says, it's the same difference as between a business owner and an accountant. Okay, what's the difference between a business owner and an accountant? He says, an accountant spends his entire day with numbers. And he knows every one of those numbers down to the decimal. Those numbers represent dollars and cents, even pennies. And he knows exactly to the penny how much money came in today, how much money went out. You know, the thing is, though, when he's finished looking at all those numbers all day, he closes his books and he goes home and he has no access to that money that he knows down to the penny. It's not his money. He doesn't have access to it. A business owner, he doesn't know down to the penny. He doesn't even know down to the dollar. Maybe he doesn't even know every day. He checks in once a week. He knows roughly how much money's coming in, how much money's going out, not to the to the point of detail like the accountant knows. But you know the difference? The business owner, it's his money. It's his money. He might not know to the penny how much is in there, but it's his money. He can spend it. So Avram Yehudachin says, Kabbalistic studies professor is like the accountant. He knows every letter of the of the Zayar. He's an expert. He's bulky in the Zayar. But he can't spend it. He didn't, he didn't own it. He didn't internalize it. He didn't take it personally. So it's not his currency to spend. He doesn't live that way. He just knows what it says there. He knows every letter that it says there. The Chosid, he might not know everything it says in Zaire. What does he know of Zaire? He knows Kigavna because he say it Friday night. Maybe he knows you know, some of the lines from Zaire that, that's a Dibra Maskal of Amaimir, but Eshem Manusa, the, 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 the Malka, Golif Glifuba, Tira Law. You know, he knows, he knows a few of these lines. But uh, you know what? He's like the business owner. It's his money to spend because the chassid took it seriously. He took ownership of it and he said, this is my life. So even if I'm not an expert of everything that it says in the Zaire, whatever it says in the Zaire informs my way of living and my values and my decision-making and my priorities in life. So that's what Avram Yehudachin told Gershon Shal. So why am I telling you this? Because... The, the, the Rebbe is quoting from the Fidig Rebbe, writing a letter to someone who never met the Fidig Rebbe, is asking, how can I be connected to you? And the Fidig Rebbe is saying, well, the main thing is learn my Torah and hang out with the Bacharim, with the Tmimim, and Fabreng with them. Meaning to say, and I, and I don't think I'm taking major liberties here by offering this interpretation, you can't just read the book like an academic. You have to live it. And you have to be in an, in an environment of others who are living it. <sighs> yeah. And today, obviously, with technology, I think a lot of that is accomplished. The fact that you're learning a letter of the Rebbe right now, and you know that there are thousands of other people doing this also at the same time in, in a certain way that, that's also a little bit interactive and it's a communal type of thing. Although nothing's a substitute for a real Fabrengen. So I hope everyone finds a real Fabrengen. Um, oh, 
that reminds me, I was supposed to mention, what was I supposed to mention tonight? Mendel, you didn't text me. You were supposed to text me five minutes before the class. There's a group of ladies who've been getting together. Now, during the, if maybe if Mendel's watching live, he'll uh, text me right now. Um, during the Yud Aleph Nissen Hachana that we were doing 30 letters in 30 days, there were groups all over the world, especially women's groups from the Vad Oyvachim Women's Division who were getting together and having classes and discussions and febrengens based on the letters we were learning. I heard that there's a group, now I'm going to have to guess, I think, what was I told? In, I want to say in South Africa? Maybe it was Australia. Well, it's one of those. <laughs> Somebody let me know. Somebody reach out to me and tell me. There's a group of women who have been getting together to fabreng based on the letters that we're learning now as a, as a, as a hachona for Gimel Thomas. And, and that's the way it ought to be. That's the way it's got to be. It, it, it can't just be a class. It also has to be a discussion and get together with other people and talk it out. And that's what uh, I hope somebody will text me before, the, before tonight's class is over and I'll be able to properly mention where that group of women is. Okay. Um, yeah. So the Fidegab is writing. You don't you never met me, but here's what I want you to do, and you're gonna be connected to me just like you met me, even more. Learn my Torah, but also hang out with the guys who take my Torah seriously. Um I'm continuing the quote. Also, follow my instructions regarding saying Tehillim, that means after davening every day, to say the portion of the day for the month. Also, once a month, Shabbos Mavorchem, saying the entire Tehillim, and also keeping the times of study. Hine bezeh, he... his kashrus. This is his kashrus. This is connection. This is what it consists of. End of quote. Okay, so now the Rebbe, this is the Rebbe's words again, okay? But this is also part of the section that was included in many letters. The kashernil of So the Rebbe is sort of like, if I can say it like this, summarizing the points here. When we will learn his title and his talks... And walk in the straight path which he showed us. Two things. The learning and then the practice. So there's the ideas and then there's the way of life. When we'll do that, as a face reflects a face, or as rather as water reflects a face back to that face, the face that you see in the water, if it's clear water, is the same face that you are looking into the water with. And a spirit draws reciprocally, draws, triggers a response from a spirit. And his spirit, meaning of the tzaddik, 
is here with us in our midst, literally. That even in this physical world, this world where we do physical things, he is more present, more than what? More is a comparative word, than when he was physically in his body. He's even more present now because of the histalkus. So just like he dutifully stood and served, he fulfilled his function as the, as the shepherd of his people in his lifetime, he continues to fulfill that function. This is what the Gemara Saita says about Meshe Rabbeinu. He continues to fulfill that function even after his passing. Okay, so... That ends the quotes, I shouldn't say quotes, but that ends the section which was used as a, I'll call it informally, as a michtov klali prati. And obviously it's applicable to the recipient of the, of the letter, to Rav Meir Avachatzera, and it's also something that the Rebbe felt was applicable to many people because, as I said, it was a, these words were written to many people, and it's also, I think, quite obviously applicable to us. Okay. Now, the, the next words are not, to my knowledge, are not found anywhere else. These are original to this letter. So basically, we started off with words that were original to this letter, and then there was uh, a section that had been published elsewhere. And now we're back to words that are original to this letter. So let's continue. <laughs> Participating in the holy work of our Nasi is an especially great form of bonding, of being connected to him. And I hope that you will be of an assistance to us in every possible way. Remember, the Rebbe is writing to a leader, a very important, esteemed, revered leader, and specifically in a place where there was a great deal of work being done by Labavitch in partnership with local Torah leadership. So the Rebbe is saying, one of the forms of connection to the Rebbe is to take part in his work. And I'm hoping that you are going to be a big part of his work, specifically in, in Morocco. And this is in accordance with what Rabbi Gorodetsky had said about you to me. And from you, and like others like you, the great and holy name of Hashem should be magnified. Amen. May it be His will. 
So this is, an, this is also an important concept here, that his kashras to the Rebbe, even after his passing, is by being an active participant in the Rebbe's work. The Baba Meir, even after he left Morocco and he was in Eretz wrote important letters to the Moroccan community telling them that they should support the Chabad schools and their children should attend the Chabad schools, the schools run by Chabad. Um, A very powerful statement that he made in supporting the Rebbe's initiatives was in support of the Rebbe's Neshek campaign, Neder Shabbos Kodesh, and specifically encouraging his community to follow what the Rebbe had said regarding even little girls lighting Shabbos candles, which was something that not all communities kept. And the Rebbe spoke about that, that historically it was more common. And then because of poverty, it became less common, but that it's important to revive this and to even expand it, and that little girls, even as young as three years old, and the Rebbe said sometimes even younger, should light Shabbos candles. So the Baba Meir was a supporter of that initiative in his community and, and took a leadership role in furthering that, that initiative. Let's continue. Bechavila b'fnei uh, I'm also including under separate cover a Tanya and several and several Kuntresim pamphlets of teachings of my father-in-law, the Rebbe. Please acknowledge your receipt of them. Remember, this is Elul, so the Rebbe concludes with blessings. May you be written and sealed for a good year. Your health and your Torah should increase and enable you to lead your community along peaceful waters on the path that ascends to the house of God. I await good tidings, and when I say good, there's no greater good than Torah and mitzvahs. Meaning that I was saying he wants to hear about all the mitzvahs and Torah learning that Baba Meir is causing to happen. And the Rebbe writes his name, and then there's a closing paragraph after the Rebbe's signature. According to what Rabbi Gorodetsky told me, apparently you're in possession of many Kabbalistic writings. The Rebbe calls it Teiros Ho'emes. That belonged or were written by your father and your grandfather. So certainly they contain the light of our 
holy Torah, which is more precious than pearls and ma'ed, is anyin shiu baha I'm very interested that they should be in our library, Shalano. Ve'im yit name chura loisef hasfarim Shalano harei tedasi nusuna leibazeh mereish. We would, I'm giving you advanced thanks if you would give those books as a gift to our collection. We spoke about this in other classes that the Rebbe accumulated and added to a massive library, which was the library of the Nesim of Chabad through the generations. And it was something that the Rebbe gave great importance to and was involved in and put forth much time and energy to uh, acquiring books that were of uh, interest to him. So this is a request, and I don't know what became of this request, but this is the request that Eva finishes the letter with. Okay. Now, we started over an hour ago, and, uh, you know, it's Thursday night. If you're watching live, maybe you're uh, making uh, Shabbos. Maybe uh, you're making a potato kogel right now. I don't know. But we have another letter. We actually included a second letter uh, in the PDF. I hope everyone has the PDF. If you don't have the PDF, you got to go to the 30 Letters, 30 Days site, and there's a Gimel Tamas section, and over there it has the PDF that you can print out, or you can look it on, on, on your screen, or you can go to soulwords.org and uh, go to the letters section over there, and you can get the PDF. So I hope everyone's following the PDF. Um, that's what I'm reading from. Let's continue here. The second letter, letter number two, is a letter in English. This is not from the Igris Kaidish. There are no English letters in the Igris Kaidish. There are many, many, many English letters from the Rebbe, thousands, tens of thousands. Only a fraction of them have been published, and God willing, all of the letters that we have from the Rebbe, the English letters, will, uh, will eventually be published, and we'll be able to draw nurture from them, as surely they contain within them the answers to many of the problems that people are struggling with today. So we yearn to be, to be worthy of receiving that. This letter here was written the 10th of Nissan, 5710, <clears throat> March 28th, 1950. That means two months after Yudshvat, two months after the Friedrich Rebbe's passing. And I wanted to learn tonight, I wanted to learn this letter with the other letter of tonight because they were both written in the same tukufa, in the same uh, period of time, basically, basically during that first year after the Friedrich Rebbe's passing, and they're both about the same subject. They're about connecting to the Rebbe even after he's passed away. Now, the first letter was more about a, the, specifically connecting to the Rebbe even if you never met the Rebbe. This letter was written to someone who had met the previous Rebbe and was actually very involved. 
on a personal level with the Friedrich Rebbe in America. But it has some great ideas there for us about connecting to the tzaddik after his passing. So let's read this letter. Mr. Julius Stulman, 171 West Street, Brooklyn, New York. I wonder <clears throat> what's there at that address today. Mr. Julius Stolman passed away in 1997. So, and I don't think he lived at that address. I think he moved to Florida uh, at the end of his life. At any rate, uh, Julius Stolman was an American Jew. He was born in 1906, and he was a lumber magnate. He made a lot of money in lumber, and he was extremely philanthropic. And one of the causes that he was supportive of was Lubavitch in America. He's one of the earlier supporters of Lubavitch. He aided the Friedrich Rebbe in coming to America, and he was one of the biggest supporters, if not the biggest supporter of Lubavitch, of Merkaz, when uh, when the Friedrich Rebbe came to America. Um, and... Uh, He, he had an, an important role in establishing Lubavitch in America during the early years, right after the Friedrich Rebbe arrived in America in the 1940s. And he, he was obviously a young man at that time. He would have been 34 years old when the Friedrich Rebbe came to America. But he was, he was wealthy and he had a great love for the Friedrich Rebbe and for his work. Okay, dear Mr. Stolman, since the demise of my late father-in-law, our revered Rebbe of sainted memory, we have not heard from you, which rather surprises me. However, I trust that everything is well with you and yours. No doubt the Rebbe of sainted memory is very much in your thoughts, as is the case with all of us who were privileged to be associated with him and his work in a personal way. Because Mr. Stolman was not just associated with the, with the, with the Friedrich Rebbe, but also with his work, and also in a personal way. He did, he, he did a great deal to establish the Friedrich Rebbe in, in America. So uh, the Rebbe is saying, I would imagine, even though I haven't heard from you, um, and by the way, I don't think this is a, uh, a fundraising letter because... Um, as far as I know, the funds continued. I'm not, uh, I, I don't think that was the, the reason of, uh, of this letter. Um, I do know that there was a certain amount that uh, Julia Stolman allotted that was to be given to Lubavitch every single year, which was a quite, quite a large sum. At any rate, so the Rebbe is reaching out and saying, I haven't heard from you, but I'm sure you're thinking of my father-in-law, the Rebbe, because you knew him and you were involved in his work. It goes without saying that the Rebbe, having dedicated his life to the benefit of the generation and the individual, continues to do so in afterlife. Okay, now here, the Rebbe is not... Quoting from the Zayar or from the Geras HaKadish, this is an American businessman that I was writing in, 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 in English. There's no 
quotes here from from Kabbalah, from Chassidus, that ever just says it goes without saying. Like, by the way, that's I mentioned. There's so many English letters that need to be revealed. Part of the power, to me at least, I'll say. You know, my Nevjabamas speaks English, so English hits me, and it just hits in a different way. So this isn't translated. This is the Rebbe's English, okay? So there's something to me, for, at least for my animal soul, much more powerful when the Rebbe just says, it goes without saying. Like, of course there are sources. There's a Sayyidish, and but no, it goes without saying that the Rebbe, having dedicated his life to the benefit of the generation of the individual, continues to do so in the afterlife. Like, what do you think? You think he stopped now? You think he changed tracks now? Yeah. The Rebbe spoke about this many times. That uh, what is a real Nasi? One who's totally selfless and dedicated. And uh, that that continues even in the afterlife. And although many tzaddikim have been distracted by the pleasures of the afterlife... Uh, that Abba said that surely his father-in-law is more interested in us than whatever pleasures Gan Eden can offer. Okay, now, here's the bombshell to me, the bombshell. But it is no mere continuation. See, the Abba first starts and says, it's a continuation. But then the Abba says, mm, but you know what? It's not just a continuation. It's much more than a continuation, because continuation means, is, is he going to maintain his connection with us? The Rebbe is going to still be connected to us? No, he's not just going to still be. He's even more connected. Since the soul is free from the limitations of the corporeal body, the influences animating from it, both material and spiritual, of our, are of a higher order. Now, that's what it says in Egeris HaKedish Chavzayim. So if you want the nomenclature for all that you can go look over there and you can look in the letter to the Baba Meir and you can see the, the way to say it in, in fancy uh, but if you want it in simple English the simple English is he doesn't have a body anymore now whatever he used to do he can do even more he does it even with greater with, with, with greater effect with greater influence the Rebbe calls it of a higher order. And then the Rebbe gives a beautiful mushal, uh, a metaphor that's just so, like I'm saying, the English letters is not just a language. It's a, it's a, it's a whole cultural milieu. It's funny, I should use a French word to describe something American. Give me an American word for that. It's a whole, it's a... It's a, it's a different style. <laughs> it's the American style. So the Rebbe's not quoting from Zayar, from Yagedus HaKadosh. The Rebbe says, no, we know the Rebbe's still with us. The Rebbe's even more with us. And the Rebbe's actually operating now on a higher order. His hashpa, the influence that he's giving materially and spiritually. Materially and spiritually means, materially means the brachas that he gives us for our health and our well-being and our families. And then spiritually, the Rebbe's helping us. He's giving us a, a boost in our Torah and our davening and our mitzvahs. But it's on a higher order. It's on a higher level. Okay. Listen to this mashal. Listen to this beautiful 
metaphor, American metaphor. If the transmitter, Levin puts it in quotes, if the transmitter has changed its, its emission to a higher grade, the receiver must be appropriately equipped to respond to the new vibrations. Isn't that cool? <laughs> if the transmitter has changed its emission to a higher grade, the receiver must be appropriately equipped to respond to the new vibrations. In other words, the Rebbe is still broadcasting and putting out everything. In fact, even more than before, but precisely because it's more than before and it's on a higher level. It's like a higher frequency. So you got to tune in to the higher, <laughs> you got to tune in to the higher frequency. It's like a, like a, like a transistor radio, which, by the way, I think was invented in the 1940s. So it would have been a uh, this is this letter's 1950. So it would have been like if someone today would make a muscle about some cutting. I don't know what's cutting edge. I'm such an old man. I was going to say Wi-Fi, and then I realized they had Wi-Fi in the 90s. So I don't, I don't even know what would be cutting edge. I I I don't know how to be as cutting edge in 2022 with 2022 things as the Rebbe was being in 1950. But at any rate, the point is, the Rebbe is now broadcasting at a higher frequency because there's, there's bigger stuff, better stuff. But if, if you want to tune into the frequency, you got to adjust your, the, the, the receiver so it can pick up on that frequency. Gewaldic. In a like manner... All of us who have enjoyed the benevolent influences of the Rebbe of sainted memory in his lifetime must now elevate in order to be able to receive the higher influences emanating from him after the histalkuth. So I'm just reading what it says. It says histalkuth. The term applied to the demise of a saintly man and its meaning is elevation. <laughs> And the Rebbe doesn't give sources there. The Ristalkos is Ristalik Kuchibrichu Bechul Alma. The Rebbe is no sources here. But Ristalkos means elevation. You know what Ristalkos It's like Sabbath or Yebamoth. Yebamoth. Um, so the Rebbe is saying, you received from the Rebbe before his passing and you're going to receive after his passing in fact you're going to receive even more but you're going to have to go now to a higher level so whatever level you were at in his lifetime in order to be able to connect to him you're going to also have to go to a higher level he went to a higher level histalkus doesn't mean he left you god forbid it means he's on a higher level so we have to go up to that level or not to that level but we have to go up a level for ourselves the rebbe always encouraged people to make resolutions uh, especially to extend themselves in learning and in mitzvah observance in ways that were a little bit of a stretch, beyond their comfort zone. And I think we spoke about this in one of our letters during our Yud Aleph Nissen Hachon, that it's not tit for tat. It's not like the Rebbe is saying, you give me some of this, I'll give you some of that. It's not like, let's barter. The Rebbe explains the mechanics of it. Look, 
you want to become a vessel for blessings, you have to <laughs> you have to tune in. You have to get into that frequency. So when you do a mitzvah, it's not like, oh, let's trade. I'll do a mitzvah and then you give me some money or whatever, or health or nachas, whatever it is I'm looking for. God forbid. It's Hashem wants to give you blessings. In fact, the blessings are waiting for you. You just have to make a withdrawal. But in order to make a withdrawal, to put in the PIN number in the ATM and pull the money out, which already belongs to you, you have to go to a higher level. You have to do something to make yourself a recipient. Raise yourself up. So the Rebbe is saying, the Friedrich Rebbe has more to give you. Whatever he gave you, inspiration and guidance and blessings in his lifetime, he's got even more of that to give you now. But you have to lift yourself up to a higher level. Whatever that means. Whatever that meant for Julius Stolman and whatever it means for us. I trust your soul has experienced a corresponding change. And this is very powerful. And I, I don't even know what to make of this. In this paragraph, the Rebbe implies that to some extent, the elevation of, of, the, of the person who's connected to the Rebbe almost happens automatically. See, in the previous paragraph, I love this English, it's just so delectable. But in the previous paragraph, the Rebbe says, in a like manner, all of us who have enjoyed the benevolent influences of the Rebbe of Sainted Memory in his lifetime must now elevate ourselves in order, in order to be able to receive the higher influences emanating from him after the Histalkus. In other words, the Rebbe's telling him, hey, you're going to have to lift yourself up. But in this paragraph, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but the Rebbe says, I trust your soul has experienced a corresponding change and that it will find the proper outlet through your body in practical actions in accordance with what the Rebbe expected and demanded of you. In other words, it's almost like an inevitability. Like the Rebbe goes up, we're all going up. And the only, the only like question is, has your body caught up with the spiritual change? When the Rebbe has his aliyah, then all the neshamas connected to him. And really that means every neshama, because the, the Rebbe is Rosh B'nai Yisrael, a neshama klolis. So when he has his aliyah, all the neshamas have their aliyah. The question is, did your body catch up? Meaning, in practical actions. Your, listen to it again. I trust your soul has experienced a corresponding change, meaning corresponding to the Rebbe's aliyah. And that it will find, meaning it did have this corresponding change, and that it will find proper outlet through your body in practical actions. So the soul had its, had, had its aliyah. Hopefully that aliyah of the soul is going to manifest in physical action. I will conclude by repeating the last words which the Rebbe spoke to you personally. And I don't know the circumstances of the last words that the Friedrich Rebbe spoke to Julius Stolman, but obviously the Rebbe was privy to that. Perhaps the Rebbe was present. The Rebbe was constantly serving his father-in-law and uh, could very, very well have been present or being a confidant or the primary confidant of the Friedrich Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe could have told the Rebbe 
about the conversation. At any rate, the Rebbe says, I will conclude by repeating the last words which the Rebbe spoke to you personally, which should be regarded in the nature of a last will and testament to you. Pretty heavy, right? Like the last thing, the last conversation you happen to have had with my father-in-law, no, it, it didn't just happen to have been that that was the last thing he told you. You have to take this like he's leaving you with his last lecture. Maybe it's not his last lecture, but for you, for you, it's his last lecture. These are his parting words to you. This is what he wants you to carry with you until Mashiach, until until you see him again. Quote, since there's something that has to be done and will be done, it is a pity to lose time before doing it. I don't know the context. I don't know what the Fidegeba said that about. But he told Julius Stolman, since there's something that has to be done, and it will be done, one way or another, it's going to get done. Why waste time? Let's, let's, do it. let's do it sooner. With Passover ushering in a period of counting the days of the Oimer, remember this letter is from right before Pesach, right after Pesach is going to come, Sfirasa Oimer, the time element between the liberation from Egypt and receiving the Torah is vividly brought to our attention. I mean, this is a concept that I've spoke about many, many, many times, about the idea of, of, of Sfira is counting days, that days count. Literally, time is important, time is precious. And specifically, the bridge between the liberation, which is Pesach, and the receiving of the Torah, which is Shavuos, is connected through one's giving preciousness to time. So the Rebbe is basically saying, value your time, don't waste time. Whatever it is that you're going to have to inevitably do, just <laughs> get it done, do it, do it now. And then you'll have the next you have the next thing to aspire to. You never run out of things to aspire to. I wish you and your family a very joyous and kosher Passover with kindest regards and best wishes. Very sincerely yours. And the Rebbe signs his name. Okay, so thank you for uh, sticking with us again. Next week, we will have another letter. Um, and then we have... One more letter after that, and I'm not sure if we're okay to announce this yet, but I believe the fifth letter, meaning not next week, but the week after that, which we'll be studying a couple of days before Gimel Tamas, will the class will take place at a public gathering for women near the Eichel, similar to what we did, Yudalaf Nissen, where we had a gathering near the Eichel, so that is a Mitzvah Shem going to be taking place, and Vad Or Vachim will uh, get you information about that to keep updated. Make sure that you check out the uh, 30 Letters, 30 Days website. Okay. Oh, and since Chafal of Sivan, Monday, is my, is my birthday, so uh, I'm not going to see you until next week. So with my Mazoli Goiver powers over here, I want to bench everyone with my birthday powers. All of the Rebbe's brachas. Whatever, remember we learned last week, Rebbe Shemtov said, 
I don't know how to bench my son for his bar mitzvah, but whatever the Rebbe wants to bench him, <laughs> that's exactly what I want too. So whatever the Rebbe has in mind for you, that's exactly what I have in mind for you too. I'm co-signing onto those brochas. Okay, good night.